for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, we continue our conversation with Kim Stone, the GM of Chase Center. If you missed Monday's show, I'd start there. As Kim was kind enough to share some really cool tidbits about how a journalism grad from North Carolina transitioned from PR into venue management and how Pat Riley, Shaq, and Dwayne Wade all played a role in her rising up the ranks at American Airlines Arena. We now delve into the situations that she dealt with during her 23-year tenure with the Heat and learn how they prepared her for this unprecedented pandemic that she, the Warriors, all of us are having to deal with today. It's Wednesday, April 1st. All right, Kim, when we left off on Monday, you'd explained why you made the decision to, after all those years, leave Miami, come to San Francisco to help open Chase Center. So wondering now, what were some of the obstacles that you and everyone else encountered as opening night approached? So should that include that afternoon that we had a power issue? <laughs> it, can include, it can include whatever you're willing to talk about. <laughs> so... We were challenged in many ways, but none that were showstoppers, that the power issue, thank heavens to, you know, our great partners at PG&E, they sent the top expert in their company, they got her to come and she had to do some adjustments on our incredible substations, power stations that we have. And, and she got us up and running and we were limited capacity. And she had to increase the capacity. But to do that while you're operating and to be like six hours away from a show that was going to be drawing all the power for the first time in the venue was an incredibly delicate situation. And she got it done. And I'm so thankful for that. That was the one critical path that was a potential showstopper. Everything else was just a matter of getting organized. Like People weren't used to a portal system. Staff didn't know where Section 108 was, so they, you know, they were learning it. We were all mm. learning the building together at the same time. But, you know, we did it, and we did it, and I kept saying I wouldn't breathe until the last person left and everything was okay. So the show ended sometime around 11, and so the last person exited the building sometime around midnight. Mm-hmm. And so I finally exhaled at about that time. <laughs> and then we did, went around, turned around and did it again the next uh, night. Yeah. And so in that, our first month of opening, we had 16 events in recent history with arena opening. So that includes T-Mobile in Vegas, Golden One in Sacramento, and Milwaukee's Pfizer Forum. Those three venues, the most events held in the first month amongst those was eight. We did 16. Wow. But that's just the Warriors way, right? Like, we're going to come out, we're going to do it, we're going to do it big, and we're going to mm-hmm. do it well. And so it was quite an exhausting run. But, you know, sitting back now, reflecting, you know, we did it. And we did it, and it wasn't necessarily pretty behind the scenes. Somebody <laughs> that was coming was enjoying it. So very proud of our team. You don't do this by yourself, by any stretch of the imagination. It's not about me. It's about our team, very much so. And we're fortunate on the arena division to have some exceptionally uh, veteran operators in our operations staff. And so I'm lucky to have a, a just an incredible group comprised of two people that came from American Airlines Arena with me, folks from Madison Square Garden. We have people from Levi Stadium, a couple of people from the Oracle Arena. We're fortunate that we've got some real veterans and we got through it. And we stand here today. And although the lights have dimmed for now, We'll be back at it. And we had had 
76 events by the time we had our last current event, which was the Clippers game on March 10th. But we'll be back at it eventually. And now, as you mentioned, you've had to temporarily shutter operations because of COVID-19. And you mentioned right off the top some things that you experienced in Miami that prepared you for this. So love to hear about those things. So 30 years in Miami, there were numerous hurricanes that came through. And in particular, I was general manager in 2017 that Irma came through. And Irma was coming through and heading toward Miami as a Category 5. It was three times the size of the state of Florida. Our American Airlines Arena sits right on the water. And my house on Miami Beach was four blocks from the beach. And the tidal surge was supposed to be 10 feet. And my house was seven feet above sea level. So your house is in danger, your facility is in danger, and your family's in danger. I stayed at the venue. The American Airlines Arena was built to withstand a Category 5. And so my family went to our family in Tampa for their safety because we had an essential staff at the venue because what a hurricane can do to your facility is amazing. It tore back the roof of our practice facility and we started getting water on the practice court. Well, practice court is wood. We actually ended up dispersing 300 trash cans to catch drips in there, and we had to keep vacuuming. But as the person there who was leading this, you know, I worried about staff and putting staff in those conditions. And so I'll never forget, oh, I got a call from Pat Riley as I'm trying to, because I had called my boss to say, I have to make a choice between putting staff in there and potentially putting them in harm's way, because I don't know the extent of the structural damage at the time, versus saving the practice court, right? Because if water sits on the practice court, the practice court's going to warp. And so I called my boss and said, I'm making the decision to go with the staff and I'm not going to put them in there until I have confirmation from our engineers that we're okay. And then I got a call from Pat Riley. Oh, that was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know which way that call was. You know, yeah, what, what did Pat say? <laughs> he gave me an incredibly motivating, emotional, kind, empathetic, comment about, you know, what it takes to be a leader in those times and that I was making the right call. So just those sorts of moments and things that happen. And uh, what was interesting about that is Hurricane Irma, the Category 5, that was the largest storm that was, had, was coming toward Miami in more than 10 years. And so what ended up happening is the storm was not coming to us and then it was, then it was coming to us and it, it veered course quite a bit. So what happened was there were people who had intended to leave Florida but chose not to. And then the highways got clogged. There were like 12-hour delays to get out of Florida. So there became a window where you couldn't leave. So we had some folks that worked for the venue that whose houses were like made of wood and weren't made to withstand category. So they showed up at the, at the building and unbeknownst to me, they did this. And that was okay because we're all about staff, but it was only supposed to be essential staff. And some of those folks, it was probably about 12 of them were two families and each family had four kids under the age of five. So when they showed up, I took them in, we let them shelter. But to have that responsibility when you're managing a category five, like I felt like the weight of the world was on my chest because it's one thing that I'm there with the staff and we chose to be there to manage it. It was another thing that they were seeking shelter and now I had to keep them safe. So when you sort of go through those sorts of things, you learn a lot. And we made it through. Um, and then I had a nervous breakdown. And then it was <laughs> <laughs> so we made oh. it through. You learn a lot. You become real resilient. Oh, that's great honesty, Kim. So what are your biggest challenges and concerns now at the moment with Chase? 
it's the part-time staff and the event staff who, you know, we don't have events. We do have a Warriors Community Fund that is going to disperse grants to the staff to help them in this time. And those details, there's, it's an amazing effort being done by the organization to support during this time. And I couldn't be more proud of that. But I worry about the staff because to me, it's always been about the staff. It is about the building, but what makes the building run and what makes the experience great is the staff. And so I've always cared deeply about them, even in Miami and now here. So I worry about the staff. And then, you know, I worry about how are we going to come out of this? Like there just isn't a light at the end of the tunnel just yet. We'll be ready when that happens. I've done business continuity through the years, as, a, as I just sort of explained with the hurricane. But I don't know what the world's going to look like. I don't know if social distancing is going to continue to be something that post-COVID-19 that we're going to have to do. And if so, what are our bathroom lines going to look like? Those are the sorts of things that I'm starting to think about now and having to make sure that we can adjust our operations to continue to make sure that people look at Chase Center and know they can come. Are The number one thing we do every day at Chase Center is not events and it's not games. It's keeping people safe. And so coming out of 9-11, security protocols and procedures were changed at large events. Coming out of COVID-19, you know, I'm expecting that cleaning procedures and stuff will change. And and we're up for the task. We've got an amazing cleaning group. So I'm not concerned about that at all. But I just don't know what I don't know yet. But we'll be ready. I can promise everybody that's listening, you'll come to Chase Center. The most important thing I do every day is make sure that you come and you're safe when you come to our event. Well, Kim, after hearing everything you've already dealt with in your career, I have no doubt that that will be the case. And hopefully we'll be able to talk again when it does. Have a happier conversation to hear all about how you made it through this unprecedented time. Until then, thanks for your time today, Kim. This was wonderful. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much. Everybody be safe and we'll celebrate at Chase when we get on the other side of this. Thank you for this opportunity. Oh, man, celebrating that chase sounds pretty darn great right now, doesn't it? I mean, it's crazy to think about the things that we may have taken for granted, like meeting up with a friend or two to go see a game just a couple weeks ago, right? And while we may not know when that celebration will happen, after talking to Kim, one thing is clear to me. She steered one arena through the largest hurricane to hit Miami in 10 years. I'd say the Warriors definitely have the right person in charge to help them weather their first storm at Chase Center. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update. We'll get into a crazy star-studded trade between the Giants and Yankees that, thankfully for all you kids like me who grew up idolizing Will the Thrill, never happened. Giants columnist Grant Brisby joins us to discuss. Longtime Bay Area writer and a mentor of mine, Joan Ryan, stops by the pod to help us examine why we miss sports so much right now and the role tribalism plays in that emotion. We'll also catch up with Sharks beat writer Kevin Kurz to recap Bob Bugner's short stint as interim head coach of the Sharks and discuss what awaits Team Teal this offseason. And on our next show, we'll hear from the presidents of the Warriors and 49ers, Rick Welts and Al Guido, as we round out our week of leadership during unprecedented times. David Lombardi sat in on a fascinating discussion between those two and will join us to share what he learned. As always, if you're enjoying the pod, we'd love for you to rate it, review, subscribe. All those things help keep us going here at the Athletic Podcast Network. For all of us here at The Update, I'm Kate Scott. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe. We look forward to talking to you again on Friday.